Hey there, pod pals. Are you a print-on-demand creator looking to stay ahead of the curve? You want to know exactly when to launch your designs for every key season and event? How about a chuckle with an extra dad joke to brighten your day? If you said yes to any of these, then it's time to join the print-on-demand cast VIP list. As a VIP, you'll get our free annual design calendar, an amazing guide to help you time your creations perfectly throughout the year. And of course, we'll include a bonus dad joke each week as well. Signing up couldn't be easier. Just visit printondemandcast.com slash VIP and enter your email. Don't let another day of potential pass you by. Become a part of the VIP list, grab your annual design calendar, and let's dive into a year of inspired creating together. We'll see you on the other side. Radical! Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Print On Demand cast, uh, the morning edition. We're actually recording this like <laughs> on a Monday still, but before 530, uh, we just filmed our, our main event uh, for you guys, and I was drinking coffee, which never happens except for one other time. So a little bit different to be doing this in the middle of the day, but mm-hmm. some things stay the same, like Travis Ross joining me from Make Your Mark design in broomfield colorado so the more things change the more they will always stay the same so uh travis happy monday i know we're only a couple hours into your monday so there's nothing really to recap about did the machines go down (laughs) did people not show up so probably the best monday update that we'll ever have on this show uh but how's how's your day going so far how was your weekend uh yeah yeah. what what, what's what's the haps as the kids say Uh, Weekend was fun. We, uh, there was a, a, a beer or a brew fest in our, in our town. And oh, so we right, went yeah. to a brew fest on Saturday and had a really great time. And, um, yeah, it was a, it was a nice weekend. Um, the, the couple of the coolest things that happened were, um, my arsenal won. they beat Tottenham, which nice. Tottenham is like our biggest rival. So we won three, one, and it was a great win. Nice. Uh, and then the chiefs won last night. So yeah. now that I've isolated half of our audience because they hate the chiefs and they hate <laughs> Arsenal, um, we can move on. But for me personally, it was a great weekend. I mean, that was yes. a lot of fun watching those, watching those games. And uh, yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, pretty low key Saturday. We, so, so we, we were home recently um, for uh, my brother-in-law's celebration of life service. And, while we were there, my mom was like, hey, I have some bins of yours just with childhood stuff that she collected or has kept from my childhood. I was the youngest. I was the only boy. And so I was 10 years separated from my oldest sister that's closest in age. So um, I was spoiled quite a bit as a child. And <laughs> and my mom kept everything. So there was literally like, I don't know, eight to 10 just totes filled with books from when i was a kid and the toys and stuffed animals and like old school vintage disney stuffed animals and vhs tapes probably like 50 old school disney wow. vhs tapes and over probably 75 of those golden books that were really popular back in the day mm-hmm. so all of that all a cabbage patch kids i mean everything that i ever you, possibly you, wait a touched. second 
as you a child. Cabbage Patch Kids. I was given say? I was given a Cabbage Patch doll when I was like I think two maybe as a gift, like or mm. three. Um, so that was in there. So and then like yearbooks from high school and posters from my college mm. theater days because we used to hang up posters in the back stage right. area and everyone would sign your poster. The cast would sign your poster and say nice things and all that kind of stuff. So all of those. So that this weekend we had to rearrange our storage facility um, that we have here uh, under the house. Our, our landlord gave, gave us some storage space, had to go in, rearrange all of that, uh, mm, put the Christmas stuff up front because Madeline's going to decorate for Christmas in less than a month. As soon as remember it first hits Christmas is in our house. So I got those really <laughs> accessible, uh, slayed a couple black widows, sprayed a lot of egg net, spider egg nests, all the things. <laughs> Uh, and spiders are my one non-negotiable. Like I hate them. I do not enjoy spiders. So mm-hmm. I told her, like, if at any moment I spray this nest and baby spiders come crawling out, I'm burning everything, and I'll have <laughs> nothing from my childhood, <laughs> and our kid will have nothing when it's born that, from me as a as a keepsake. It's all over. That's funny. Um, so yeah, did did that. Organized. Took stuff to Salvation or not Salvation Army Goodwill, and so that, mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. And then Sunday, yesterday. Went to church for the first time in two and a half mm-hmm. weeks because I was gone for so long. So that was good to to be there. And the mm-hmm. Bills won their game, so I'm very happy about about that. Um, yeah. So we're we're talking about for you list for those listening. Inevitably, hopefully, the scenario is well, that it's a rematch. We'll never the, do it though. from the AFC Championship game, Bills Chiefs, and uh, I'm pulling for the Bills. Travis obviously is uh, bleeds red and yellow. Um, <laughs> So mostly we'll, red, we'll, mostly red. Yeah, if you're bleeding yellow, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a different issue. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so anyway, uh, overall, good weekend and excited to uh, talk to or bring this main event to the folks here on the Print on Demand mm-hmm. cast. Really cool interview. We're recording in the morning because uh, our guest is in Oslo or Oslo. I don't know how you pronounce it in Norway. Um, and so the time difference kind of, we had to facilitate that a little bit differently, uh, but we're talking to Paul, uh, Ness of gelato. And so just got done wrapping that interview, a Mm -hmm. lot of cool info about what gelato can do for, um, you, our listener who, you know, has an Etsy account or an Amazon, whatever that looks like. So, um, Travis, before we kind of throw to that, cause it was, I mean, I think it's like 45 minutes worth of an interview. Um, so we, you know, as much as we like to waffle, we probably should just do mini waffles today. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what's something, I mean, what was your take on the interview? We can talk about more about this on the back end too, but overall, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was really, really informative. And I think, um, our listeners are going to be able to take away a lot of cool, um, nuggets and some, some reasons to join gelato and, and have yeah. them as a production partner. Yeah, I was really impressed with Paul and 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 uh, all of the things that he you know brought to the table. I don't want to give anything away before you've heard right. the interview, but there are, like you said, there are some really cool nuggets in here. There's some really cool um, strategies, I guess, um, that Gelato's put into place to serve their print-on-demand clients. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I I I think I, I can leave it at that and just let people kind of listen to the interview, and then we can maybe hit some of our uh our favorite things uh in the outro yeah for sure so with that let's go to this week's main event main event who's calling 
All right, Travis, excited for the main event of this episode 111. Uh, we have an international guest, which is super cool. I think it's probably only the second time that this has happened uh, mm-hmm. that we have had to record in the morning. I'm drinking coffee while recording the print on demand cast, which has only happened one other time, uh, which is incredible. <laughs> so, uh, but super excited to have Paul Ness uh, of Gelato with us. So, just a little bit about Paul before we bring him on. He is Gelato's Senior Vice President of Growth Projects, working with PR, communications, and sustainability. Part of the founding team, Paul was Gelato's COO from 2007 to 2013 when he joined Innovation Norway, the Norwegian government's agency for promoting business growth in roles such as Norway's Trade Commissioner in Canada and Director of Entrepreneurs and Startups. He has since joined the Gelato team again and is pushing forward to maximize their growth in a sustainable way. I'm so excited to have him on the show and get into the details. Please welcome to the Print on Demand cast, Paul Ness. Paul, thank you so much for taking time to, to join us here. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Uh, how are you? Thank you. Great to be here. I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, evening in Oslo. Yeah, so you're in Norway right now, correct? I mean, also Norway, absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Well, Paul, we've had a little bit of a chance to get to know each other. We had a little pre-production meeting uh, earlier this week. Um, but our obviously our audience, they they probably know Gelato, but they don't necessarily know um, about you. And I'm, I'm a, I am excited to hear kind of how Gelato got started and all of that and, and some of those questions. But what about you? How Tell us about your print-on-demand journey to, to get us started. Well, I come from the telecoms uh, industry. I was heading a building in IT uh, in, a, in a company called Tele2 Norway. Uh, we had a CEO who came in uh, as a 29-year-old saying that, uh, okay, this year we will double the revenue. Uh, of course, a lot of people were skeptical to his, <laughs> his <Sure>. belief <laughs> of doubling the revenue in a year, but we actually did manage to double the revenue wow. uh, in two years. Uh, that guy, uh, CEO, uh, then CEO for Tele2 Norway, he left that company and uh, Henrik Müller Hansen, whose name, uh, which is his name, asked me right after leaving that company if I wanted to join him and uh, start working with print. So the idea was a little bit the same as we had uh, been doing in the telecoms industry. It's building a business where you own the customer meaning you have all customer contact, all customer details, but where you uh, rent the machines. So when it came to telecoms, it was about working, I mean, not building our own network, but using the networks that were already out there. And it was exactly the same as he was thinking around the telecom, no, around the printing industry back in 2007, Mm -hmm. using that overcapacity that is out there and building a business. Okay. So that that kind of got you involved. Um, so tell us about like the beginning, like where, when when you guys started in like 2007. Um, was it a really kind of a slow growth? Did you? Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm assuming you guys had a business plan and had big big you know aspirations. But uh, tell us, you know, kind of peel back the curtain and tell us how it really went in 2007 when you guys started. Yeah, well, no, as you can imagine, that that uh, Henrik had big plans for uh, also for this business, and, and and we did. We started out in Norway, very focused on cards back in the days. So printing mm-hmm. on cards that what that was kind of the biggest thing uh, we were working on. 
and then gradually expanding to other countries like Sweden, UK, Germany, France, and, and just continuing adding, uh, adding um, countries. Everything was very manual in the beginning. It looked great, we thought, to our customers with a very, <laughs> very manual back end. So uh, what we were saying is that, okay, it doesn't matter. We can write all these addresses uh, by hand. The day that's a problem, it's a luxury problem and we will fix it. And I think that's how it started. Uh, us doing a lot of manual work, trying to make it look as good as possible uh, with a customer obsession. It should always be great for the customer. But in the back end, we were doing a lot of work ourselves. Who were some of your early customers? Like what, um, who, did, who were you guys actually marketing to and trying to, trying to serve? Well, first of all, it was uh, our parents, my sister, my neighbors, and <laughs> nice. all, all, all of those. And uh, I, I still vividly remember the day where uh, Henrik and I looked at each other saying, like, do you know this guy? And, and, and that was kind of the first customer who nobody knew. So that was a, an awesome. amazing happening, uh, <laughs> a great day at work. Uh, it, it was private, uh, I mean, consumers uh, in these countries, and it was also small businesses. So business cards was a very big thing at the time. Mm-hmm. How, how were you marketing? How did you start off uh, obtaining these customers? Our first big marketing stunt were um, uh, no mail marketing. And uh, mm-hmm. as, as I said, we did a lot of things manually, and we had an idea about if we take our flyer, we fold it and we put it in envelopes and we handwrite all these addresses, people will be more likely at opening them. Hmm. So we actually sat there and like, uh, so we were kind of working with the company during the day. We had like customer service doing production. We didn't do production, but we did all the packing ourselves. And then Mm -hmm. in the evening when we came home, late, late, late in the evening, we started writing these envelopes. And at some point, we kind of saw that this isn't working. We had, we still had about thousand envelopes with addresses that we hadn't sent, mm-hmm. and we looked at each other, saying, "Like, you know what? This isn't working. We're not getting these sales. Let's just <laughs> throw them away." And that I remember that hurt as well. And then after that, I must <laughs> say that uh, Google AdWords has been has been big. So in the beginning, okay. going from SEO, a lot of SEO, uh, and then Google mm-hmm. AdWords, and throughout, I would say that. Uh, uh, paid advertising has been very important to us. Did you, did, were you doing like a blog or, or anything to try to get the organic traffic or was it specifically just paid ads to a sales page um, or a sign up here or something like that? Back in the days, it was typically most of these are uh, direct. You go on a landing page from paid ad and that's how it would work. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about gelato as far as you know what there's there's lots of production companies out there and like travis said they probably our listeners have probably heard of gelato um as an option amongst many but in your opinion what kind of separates gelato and makes it different from other production companies that gives you kind of that competitive edge yeah i'll i'll, I'll do that but i'll continue my my history a little bit so sure. so we were working then with this, uh, doing, uh, focusing very much on printing and for, on consumers and small businesses. And we started having producers working with production partners in many countries. One day we get a phone call from uh, a large company saying like, we would like to use your company as our standard for business cards around the world, which of course was a great idea. So instead of... Yeah. Business cards being shipped from the headquarter down to wherever uh, the mm-hmm. the person was sitting, 
we could print them locally where that uh, worker was sitting. So, so that was the idea and that was kind of where uh, Gelato started. So really, instead of sending print material across the planet, you print it where the, you find your customer. Back then, it was the, the worker in your company. Today, we are very focused, as I say, on uh, POD uh, for entrepreneurs, for the creators, uh, allowing any e-commerce store in the world to connect to the Gelato network and using then our network of now 130 production partners in 33 countries. And of course, that makes a big difference. And it's a very big and important difference compared to our competitors. First of all, you, are, you will print, of course, on demand. That's the whole point. Yeah. But it's mm -hmm. also on location. So if you have a customer, if you sit with a store, I mean, if you run your store in, uh, in uh, Colorado, if you have a customer in New Zealand, we will produce and ship from New Zealand. And we do the same okay. in 33 countries, but of course, reaching uh, a much larger market than that. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Go ahead. And of course, very important from a sustainability perspective. I mean, that's why I'm sure uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a word that goes again and again in everything we say about uh, about gelato. It's like we, we, we want to do this smarter and greener. Yeah, I would imagine, um, you know, when you were starting up and you had this op opportunity to print these business cards for, you know, this global company and you had all of these, you know, locations that you needed to find printers in i imagine that was a pretty tall task how did you go about finding quality not just finding a printer that could print it but also making sure that their quality was up to up to your standards um, for this big client and then how has that evolved over time to now finding uh, print production partners in different countries and different locations and things like that yeah, I can. I can uh, when we started uh, henrik had to speak with 49 printers before he found one who said yes uh, or one that said yes to working with us wow uh, extremely skeptical of <laughs> course they didn't understand what we were doing and they thought we were would steal all their business uh, what we were doing really is giving them new business and uh, i think that's the idea and that's what they understand today today we work very closely with um with not only the production partners or the printers themselves but also with the big manufacturers who kind of come and say Here's a suggested partner for you. Here's here's one, and, and really like for the quality. I mean, we, we we look at the equipment that they have, and we know uh, we have people working with the quality. And I can tell you that um, coming from the card industry, there's nothing that is as quality. Or the quality control is extremely high on a parent who has a birth announcements to send out to their fifty of their best friends. Sure. So or, so that's something. Or the wedding announcement. Yeah, the, the wedding, wedding announcement, all of that. You got to make it perfect, or that bride's gonna yeah. go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> For good reasons, and really, that's how it worked from day one. I mean, this 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 is what we grew up with, and, and obviously, the quality today is a completely different one. Our our uh, ability of kind of remote controlling these machines as well. So so today, it's a it's a different life. Hmm. We're speaking yeah, about printing. A lot, and of course, we evolved from printing. But I mean, today we, we're speaking much more about production on demand. I mean, we're getting into so many other uh, products, as uh, I'm sure we will get to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good segue to um, kind of kind of our next question here in the notes. As far as products, 
how many products does gelato offer in the catalog are they all um specific to different or certain regions or locations or there's some global products like what does that catalog offering look like to someone that's wanting to to sign up uh, a new account i mean with the with the history that we have of course paper is the big uh, i mean everything that sure. comes with wall art everything that is uh cards a big photo books is big um, but more and more, we're moving into new products. So we have launched apparel, many, many types of, uh, I mean, everything you can think of when it comes to t-shirt, organic yeah. cotton t-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, mm-hmm. hoodies. Uh, we have uh, mugs, we have drinking bottles, I mean, more and more products. And, and one of the benefits, one of the good things about having worked remotely now, I mean, we couldn't travel to the different production partners for such a long time. Sure. We have become extremely good at one, launching new production partners without going there. And two, we become extremely good at launching new products. So we are constantly adding products uh, to our portfolio. We have uh, wallpaper. We have uh, uh, personalized packaging. We're, we're launching, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're launching products uh, <laughs> all the time these days, So, which is great, of course, both for us and for our customers. Yeah. I'm I'm wanting to dive into the weeds a little bit more too uh, about like these production partners because obviously you have 33 countries. Uh, um, how 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 are you are are you actually having them ship something to your headquarters to kind of make sure that that quality is good or how do you, I mean what is the quality control mechanism when you when you're so spread out you know with your actual when your where your production's happening versus your kind of core team there in Norway how does that work the core team is in Norway, but we have people all across the planet. So we uh, mm-hmm. we try to be very close to our production partners as well. I mean, having built, we have a team now in the US. We have a team in Asia. We have a team, uh, or many teams across uh, across Europe. We have a team in Japan and Singapore. So so mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we try to be close to our production partners, and 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 this is all about a cooperation and really working well together. Uh, we can only succeed if they succeed, and we can only make them more efficient if uh, by working closely together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's another benefit of having done this for 15 years now is that mm-hmm. we kind of have built fantastic tools that 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 just makes the production partners so efficient when working with us. So I think um, just this cooperation is is great. I mean, we see them as our customers and maybe the, I mean, extremely important customers. Remember also that we bring something new. I, I, I said already that we bring new business to them. And, I, and a great example that I like to use there is one of our production partners. I think it was in Canada. And when we looked at their business, what we had come with, she, she had actually been producing, uh, I mean, producing for e-commerce stores in 37 countries. So she hmm. came from... Uh, she came from like uh, having produced only for customers who she knew. I mean, where like you you get a you get an email, you get a phone call, and then you produce. To now mm-hmm. producing for e-commerce stores in thirty-seven countries, and, and that of course is a brand new world for them, uh, and and it's exactly the platform uh, that we want to create. Great mm-hmm. opportunities on both sides of uh, the gelato platform. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned was. Um... Uh, personalized packaging 
for some of your customers and maybe you know, like putting inserts into their into their packages and, and things like that, maybe doing some hang tags and um, different different things like that. Is that um, how have you passed that down to your production partners? Is that is that again, is that a, a piece of technology or is that a, a strategy or how how does that work? Because I'm 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 assuming that most of or a lot of these production partners don't necessarily do that um, kind of right out of the box. You have to kind of train them. This is the gelato way. How does, how does that work? Well, in this, uh, like for a launch like that, we would work, we would typically work very, very closely with a couple of um, partners in order to kind of launch it, test it, change it, and, and always make it as efficient as possible. So, so that's a good example where we would be extremely close to the partner for the launch period. Uh, for, for that one, I mean, we print these on the fly. So, I mean, that's all about like making sure that again, the packaging or the packing of these, uh, parcels needs to be so extremely efficient. We have to be hundred percent certain that it's the right insert that goes to the right customer. So all these things, just there's absolutely no room for error. We have to work extremely close to our partners in order to make this not only working, but also extremely efficient. But I think that's, that's uh, uh, if you remember, I said that in the beginning, we were doing everything except for production ourselves, and we were doing the packaging. And of mm-hmm. course, having spent so much time packing ourselves, we know, I shouldn't say we know exactly anymore, but I mean, we know so much about how we can do this uh, better and how do we avoid errors? How do we make sure we have a quality control in what we do? Uh, mm-hmm. And how do we follow up? So, so again, one way of doing this and work, working this so well with our production partners is giving them fully control. So, I mean, we like to give them, uh, I mean, we give them a, a, a system so that they, over the phone, they have 100% control over everything that Gelato is bringing to them when it comes to production. It's kind of the remote control of the whole production center. It's almost, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of almost like a franchise model, um, you know, where you have all of the systems you have, okay, and you're, you're going to need this many square feet, you know, in your facility to house this, you know, these labels or, or these packing materials or whatever, and, and, and kind of setting it out like that. So there's a, a relatively high percentage of success um, because I can imagine at the same time, there's probably some horror stories <laughs> along <laughs> along the years, you know, where uh, it hasn't quite quite gone as well as you had hoped, and maybe you had to fire a production partner because they just couldn't couldn't kind of. Mm. But you learn from that, and then you put together those systems. and And would you say that's fair to say that it's almost like a franchise model, or or is that uh, overly simplifying it? No, I see. I, I see why you say that, and I think uh, more than a franchise model, it's it's an extreme partnership and and and, and production partner. I mean, the, the the word partner is just so important to us, and seeing uh, like making them succeed has to be our priority as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, and and of course, yeah, we've had episodes throughout these years, uh, episodes that uh, we would happily live without uh yeah <laughs> wrong customers, of course uh being one of them yeah oh we're gonna we're gonna ask you about a terrible you know something terrible that happened in your yeah, business one of, the, one of those that. episodes <laughs> yeah we're gonna Great. save that you know um yeah you mentioned That's in awesome. our pre-production meeting uh about 
and you've talked a lot about um, how you have all these different production partners, but you talked in our in our meeting about our listeners expanding overseas. Um, and I'm just wondering if you could maybe share, in your opinion, what's the best way to do that? Because a lot of our listeners are are probably selling most of their items in the U.S. and maybe they get the occasional Canadian sale or Australian sale or whatever, and they just kind of figure it out when they get those. Um, but for you, uh, in your opinion, what is the best way to expand overseas uh, for for our listeners? Well, first and foremost, we have to you have to dare to try, and I think uh, mm. that in itself it can be scary. Uh, Again, I want to bring, I want to take you to an example where we had a Swedish customer who was producing some fantastic posters. Uh, he was printing everything, producing everything uh, back in Sweden, and he was shipping everything uh, from his uh, apartment. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, how can you price a poster and especially a framed poster if you have someone trying to order it from Indonesia? I mean, it's mm -hmm. completely impossible. First of all, how long is it going to take? Second, how much will it cost? And, and what's the chance of that one arriving uh, <laughs> with a quality or in one piece, I would say. <laughs> right. so, so first and foremost, I mean, you have to dare to try. You have to kind of trust yourself for creating a product that's wanted across the planet. And uh, and then that's where Gelato with this, uh, with this extreme network will help you. And uh, that Swedish customer, I think I, was it 90 countries when he kind of looked after, uh, after having worked with Gel mm. after opening the, the platform, after kind of saying that, yes, I will start selling globally. And then after not many months, he, he looked and he had sold to more than 90 countries. And he had actually wow. used production centers in all 33 countries, which was pretty exciting. <laughs> so I think... How do you do it? I shouldn't say it's easy because, I mean, you have to sell these things. You have to kind of uh, market your products mm -hmm. in these different countries. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that it's going to be a lot easier to do it with Gelato where you know that the production will actually be close to your customer. Yeah. Uh, you can trust the prices. You can trust transportation. You know it's not going to take seven weeks to arrive. Uh, most are, I think it's up to 85, 90% of our products will always be produced in the same country as your end customer. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And that's with only 33 countries. So that's, that's very telling, you know, that, that, that much, um, that it's only 33 countries that are getting 85% or so, um, of the sales. That's really yeah. interesting. And of course, this is also like part of the history of, of Gelato because working with these global companies, I mean, they would kind of ask or we knew that we would have to place our production partners in those big countries. So we are producing in India, we are producing in China, we are producing in Japan, Korea, uh, mm -hmm. US, Mexico, Brazil. Uh, so, it's, so it's kind of, we also, of course, follow um, follow business, follow where uh, do people live right then the different trends for yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah um, and, and obviously it's, and obviously like um i mean our production partner in singapore can reach a lot of countries around singapore in a very short time so i mm -hmm. mean we don't have necessarily in every single production in every single country in southeast asia but we would leverage on our uh, singaporean partner to do that mm -hmm. so 
Um, just digging in a little bit further about like how 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 are these orders routed? Are they is is that an automatic thing? So if I have you know an order in Singapore, I have an order in Australia, I have an order in Mexico. Am I manually selecting the print partners, or is that something that Gelato just automatically does on the back end? That's something we would do for you. So uh, that that's probably <laughs> where we are spending the most now. Um, what should I say? Uh, mental capacity or uh, <laughs> most developers mm-hmm. is, is doing this routing as smart as possible. There's so many things that have to be taken. Um, I mean, you have to look into so many things for doing a, a good routing. Uh, first of all, do they have the products in stock uh, right. as close as possible to the customer, the quality of the partner, the speed, the price, uh, what if uh, the customer is ordering two products and you can't produce them at the same place? How do you do that as smart as possible? Is it better than to produce it somewhere else where you can do both at the same time? So, I mean, that's that's where really where we're introducing AI. I mean, to, to start helping us doing this as smart as possible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also one of those uh, places where uh, Gelato is happy now to have uh, a lot of people coming joining the team from uh, with <laughs> with background experience from Amazon mm-hmm. from those types of companies and uh, and they sure. obviously know the right answers to ask and uh, help guiding us uh, to do to making this as good as possible for everyone mm-hmm. awesome so we've talked a little bit about you know how to expand uh, overseas for someone that might be listening that wants to do that but for someone who um, doesn't have a gelato account, how would somebody get started with that? Like who, who is, who is it going, like, who is it ideally for, let's say you're an Etsy seller. Um, what would you, what would you do to get going? Um, what does it take and what does it help you do? And what's that process of onboarding look like for someone that wants to integrate with your, with your services? Yeah. Just, just like many of our, um, competitors, uh, it would start with, uh, finding the gelato app or just going to gelato.com and signing up. And, and then we can integrate. We will integrate with uh, all the the normal stores, storefronts. I mean, Shopify being the one where we get the most customers. But of course, we integrate with VIX, with the WooCommerce, with uh, Etsy, and so many others. Or you can use our API directly. Uh, so then you sign up, you choose the products. Uh, we integrate, so you get those products uh, into your store. You can do uh, personalization. We have systems for that. We have different other ways, filters that you can be using, some other uh, some other tools you can be using to improve your products. So I think that's very similar to many of our competitors. Uh, the one big difference here is, of course, this uh, global network that you get access to. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, I. I- I, I want to say one other thing. You you mentioned this, but um, so for me, I actually was selling in Europe uh, for quite a while. I was using Printful at the time. It was um, before I got into our existing facility. And I remember um, it it was a challenge because I think I think the, the facility they had at the time, I believe it was in Lith- Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were shipping to all of the EU countries for my Amazon account that I had. And, and Amazon sells, uh, they have five major countries. I guess it's six now because they added Poland. Um, but all of the things were coming from Lithuania. And so while that was a benefit that I didn't have to ship it from the U.S., 
it was also extremely confusing with like taxes and cross border, you know, shipments and things like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. With that tax. And, and it was all coming from the same country. So I, I, I don't want to gloss over the fact that having, uh, you know, somebody in Germany, somebody in England, someone in Poland, someone in, and they don't have to go across the border. Um, that can save you a lot of headaches. Um, you know, just, just with, even just with the taxes, let alone the shipping savings that you, that you get, um, you know, to experience. So I just wanted to throw that out there as another, I think, cool feature. Uh, Paul, is, is it fair? Do you have, I mean, yeah, just, I guess, speak Uh, to that. (laughs) I I will do it. And, and, and there's nothing more annoying as an end customer than, uh, you, you want to go and pick up your t-shirt and you, you have to pick it up at the post office and you have to pay extra taxes. You have to pay customs. Mm-hmm. You have to pay a lot of charges to the post, making that t-shirt be so much more expensive than the price you expected to pay. And, yeah. and of course, I, I, I won't say that VAT in Europe is easy because it's not. It is pretty tricky. It all depends on where you produce, where you ship to and all this. But at mm-hmm. least like making producing in the same country avoids surprises and that's the good thing that's the benefit of gelato yeah totally um so you've been in the print on demand game for quite a long time um 2007 Mm -hmm. uh i guess you took a little break there for a while but you're back at it (laughs) you've seen a lot of sellers come and go in this game so i'm just curious do you have any specific tips for our audience on how to win over time, how to endure over time as an e-commerce seller. Can you speak to that for a little bit? I can. And, and, and of course, uh, as you say, I've seen uh, many come and go in this business. And uh, but, but I think it's a great place to be. I think there's so mm-hmm. many right things of doing uh, production, print on demand these days. Uh, It's a fantastic, I mean, you have the creator economy coming up, uh, all these people Mm -hmm. now being able to live off maybe what used to be a hobby. It's fantastic and it's needed. You have the concept of, uh, I mean, technology brings you, brings uh, so many more products to the, to this, uh, which, which is great as well. I mean, we're just waiting for 3D print to arrive and it's going to be a feast for everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, What should I say? Well, there's one thing that is always important and that's to be very like good with your customer and, and good customer service uh, customer obsession will always pay out. Right. I think uh, make sure you have your customers happy make sure your customers start speaking to their friends and that's going to yeah. be great for your business. So I think uh, customer obsession is probably the best thing uh, or the most important thing for anyone who wants to start any business Mm -hmm. the second one i would say is uh there to think big uh there to go global Mm -hmm. as i was saying previously i think that's uh, a necessity if you want to build a business Uh, we're very lucky being a norwegian company because obviously with in a country with five million people you have to think global from day one if we were building a business only for norway it wouldn't be uh, I mean, mm. we can right. live with pretty much. I think that's uh, that's one thing, one thought you need to have is that okay, I need to have, I want to have bold ideas, bold plans for my business. And then I think, mm. of course, being good at like, calculating the margin margins, uh, making sure you make money off every order, yep. 
making sure you have a extreme sense of control over all your sales and marketing cost versus your profit and and there too i mean if you are proud of the products you're selling you shouldn't underprice them mm. sure that yeah love it um <laughs> let's let's go to uh so we we have a set of questions that we always ask people um all of our guests but before we get there we're going to go to everyone's favorite segment of every show that we do. And uh, I, I think Travis let you know that you needed to bring one of these to the, the show. But we're going to go to the dad joke, the weekly dad joke, before we go to the magic question. So cue the dad Time joke. Time for the weekly dad joke. All right, <laughs> Paul, you are the guest. And as per uh, usual here, we always let the guests go first with their dad joke of the week. So go ahead. Fantastic. Yeah, no, fantastic. And I mean, I've really been looking forward to this. Unfortunately, <laughs> look, uh, dad jokes in Norwegian are so much funnier than the English ones. But I did find one that I uh, kind of like. And looking at you, I see uh, that you might like it as well. And that's the, um, uh, I used to hate facial hair, uh, but then it grew on me. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Love it. Love it. Travis, do you want to, you want to do uh, our um, dad this week? I, I actually, um, you could do the one here, but I, I, cause I was actually uh, thinking about when you were talking, Paul, you were talking about 3d printing yeah. and um, I didn't know, did you know there's, they're actually starting to 3d print guns now, but to me, that's kind of old hat. Cause I've had a cannon for years. <laughs> Nice, nice. Mm. You, p- you pivoted a little bit. I did. A I pivoted. Joke. No, that was good. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So that is this week's uh, dual weekly dad joke. You always get two when there's a guest on the show. So everyone loves interview <laughs> segments for that reason. But from there, we're going to go to uh, the set of questions we ask everybody known as the magic questions. Always so heartwarming every time. Beautiful transitions. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. If we do anything well, it's the, the arbitrary and unnecessary bumpers that we have for every segment we have on the show. <laughs> so, um, all right. Uh, so we you referenced these uh, this before, but we're going to start out with this question. Uh, tell us about a time when something happened in your business that felt like a failure. Like, we don't know how we're going to recover from this. I, this is just the worst case scenario. Tell us about one of those, one of those instances uh, in, in gelato's history. Well, I, I can take you a couple of years back. And of course, a company that was uh, before we opened the platform, when we were selling ourselves, uh, selling to consumers, selling to businesses. Uh, when COVID came, mm-hmm. uh, our main products were invitations. Of course, nobody were having any parties or anything that they would wanted to invite people for. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, we were selling thank you cards. I don't think anyone had anything to say thank you for. <laughs> uh, and, and and of course, businesses. It was all about marketing material, business cards, and who would need those during the during that time. So so I mean, those were very very tough days. 
What we mm. did understand, of course, is like number one, that what were people doing? Well, they, they were redecorating their homes. So that's when we started sure. really focusing on wall art and, and became big on wall art and also like learned how to launch new products, launch these wall art products very quickly, efficiently and uh, well with our partners. Okay. Uh, so, so I think by far, I would say, or easily, I would say that this is was the toughest couple of days in, in our business in, uh, sure. in Gelato's history, mm. but it's also maybe what made us take that leap and becoming that platform. We've been speaking about that for a while, but I mean, that's really when we understood that that's the right thing to do. Our competitors are not being able to ship into Italy, for instance, but we were producing in Italy. Mm. Let mm-hmm. them use our network to, to, yeah. uh, to yeah. produce. So a great yeah. learning experience, which I would say sure. most most failures end up being great learning experience, which is right. a true. fantastic thing of building a business. We yep. make tons of mistakes, but luckily we've done many things right as well. Yeah, I think that's huge for uh, the sustainability of any business. I mean, just long term, yep. um, if you're not willing to learn from your mistakes, you're not going to last very long. So uh, yeah. tip of the cap to you guys. That was that was a great pivot, you know, yeah. uh, that. Um, all right. Next question. If you had to start all over and you lost all of your current contacts, what would you do first? I think we would never have been where we are without our partners, the production partners and the efficiency there. And I think working on that part would be where we would start again. Uh, With um those partners and like being able of like rolling out uh getting more partners uh quickly mm-hmm. i think we would be able to deliver on the other side as well but i think uh that's where i would start if uh if everything was gone uh start working with uh some of the big manufacturers and build a mm-hmm. set of partners and do it efficient make this be the most valuable work that they can do every day Okay, so the production partners really are the. That would be your main focus to uh, to kick this thing off if you were going to rebuild it from scratch. That's that's very insightful. That's the. Uh, I mean, that's the that's the thing about having a platform and not owning a single production machine. I mean, we are mm-hmm. so dependent on them. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Yeah. So, all right, the last last one that we'd like to ask everybody, it's time, you know, one of those kind of like Johnny Carson moments where you put on the turban and you predict something, look into your crystal ball, and we'll see here. But what do you think the future of print-on-demand is? If you had to give your best kind of insight to what you think the future holds, what does that look like? I think we are all uh, should all be very happy for being in this business. I think there are so many things yeah. coming away. Uh, and and again, I, w- I was speaking about the creator economy, uh, just the number of mm-hmm. people uh, working on this business that's growing quickly, and, and just the opportunity of uh, allowing people to live off what used to be the hobby. Just that is a fantastic thing. I think yeah. the, the the technology. I mean, bringing new. Uh, products onto this is going to be a, an incredible opportunity for us. I mean, imagine 3D print. We've been discussing it previously, but I mean, this can change the, the manufacturing of the world. I mean, why would you, uh, if, if you need a piece for your car, why would you have that one sent from Korea if you can print it 
uh, at home or somewhere close to your uh, close to your mm-hmm. home. So I think this combination of the gelato idea of, about, about this local printing and the technology, like adding products onto this platform, uh, I think the creative economy, I think this notion of local versus global, after the pandemic, everybody would cho- choose to support local businesses instead of the large global ones. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. just so many things. And, and, and of course, sustainability, that's... Uh, obvious uh you want to limit uh the consumption the uh co2 emissions you want there's so many good reasons to be in the production on demand and if you can add local production on demand i think it's even better but i think uh, i just see a fantastic future for for this industry as a whole yeah yeah i think the sustainability piece is is only going to increase you know um just our, the awareness of it and then the opportunity to be sustainable in, in your business uh, when it comes to print on demand. I think that's a uh, great answer. <laughs> yeah, and of course, I mean, the on-demand on part of this, I mean, the on-demand part is so important. I mean, why would you, uh, why would you produce? Uh, if I go back to that history, like, again, these large corporations, how it started. Yeah. I mean, the idea mm-hmm. there was that we had a Norwegian com- customer they used to print, I don't know how many thousand brochures. And then the, you, they mm-hmm. had someone in their office and also who would like pack thousand and thousand brochures and send them to the global offices around All the, the world. different offices. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, the guy who was sitting in Rio, he didn't need thousand brochures. I mean, he needed 50. <laughs> so instead of getting thousand brochures shipped from Norway, he could like on his mobile phone order an hour gelato app could order 50 mm. brochures and have them delivered in one or two days because they were produced in Rio. That's where we mm. came from. And kind of that's the that's the network that we now allow any e-commerce store, any creator to use. And, and, and kind of that leveling of that uh, the playing field is, is, is also a great way of uh, uh, seeing Gelato and like uh, for us, why we want to go to work every day. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Well, um, Paul actually, uh, Paul and his team at Gelato were kind enough to um, create a discount code for anybody who would like to try their services. Wants to, if you want to sign up, um, you'll get fifty percent off your first order if you use our little code. Um, we'll put all this in the show notes, but it's uh, you, you go to the link. It's it's a Bitly link, so it's bit.ly and then it's slash print on demand cast dash gelato um and then you put the code uh in when you're checking out to get the 50 percent off and that's gelato underscore podcast um so we'll again we'll put that in the show notes if you're driving please don't wreck uh <laughs> <laughs> keep driving you'll be able to get it later uh but um i just love this idea of being able to um use use the location-based uh yeah what did you call it? You called it um, production, location-based production on demand. I, I think that's super, super cool. And I think um, there's probably a lot of our listeners that are uh, thinking about that and how that could potentially um, impact their business. And yeah. you know, the the speed of delivery, the reduced shipping costs, the just the let the hassle of you know 
like you said, going to the post office and having to pay custom fees and all of those things being removed from the equation, I think is a huge benefit. Um, so that's really cool. And thank you for um, providing that link for, for our, our people really appreciate yeah, that. It's awesome. Uh, so um, Paul, as we're, we're wrapping up here, why don't you tell people where they can find you, where they can, you know, connect with you. If they've got questions be, that we didn't make maybe uh, cover during the interview, um, just tell us a little bit about how, how you'd like for them to reach out to you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, gelato.com is the best place to go. Uh, we have, I would say, the best uh, customer service, customer success team that's uh, out there uh, getting so many. Uh, I mean, our customers love them when they are, uh, need, when they need them, they really do the utmost to solve any problems yeah. but I, so uh, gelato.com for for that but you can also go directly to me i mean pal at uh, gelato.com and i will get the mail okay awesome. awesome well thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule uh to to chat with us um all the way from norway <clears throat> very thankful uh to be able to connect <laughs> and to get this information out there and let our listeners know exactly what gelato can do and the advantage that uh, gelato can give them especially as we've been talking about um, internationally and having those production partners in those areas strategically. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's awesome. So thank you so much. And I look forward to doing this again when, you know, gelato continues to um, innovate and expand and, and bring new features. And so when that time comes, uh, we'd love to have you on again and kind of talk about all the new things gelato has to offer, but thank you so much for, for taking time, Paul. It was, it was great chatting with you. Yeah, and thank you uh, to both of you. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. So uh, thank you for having me and Gelato on the show. It's great. Absolutely. 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 All right, we'll talk soon. All right, we want to thank Paul again from Gelato for doing the interview all the way from Norway. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, super incredible. I think for me, you know, one of the coolest things is is I mean, we touched on it a ton. Uh, during the course of the interview, but the production partners in 33 countries and just how advantageous that is for you as a seller to have a production team on the ground in those countries, because it, as we talked about, mitigates a lot of the lead time, the shipping, the, you know, all that kind of stuff can make things a little bit easier uh, on you having that on the ground. And so, um, and it was really cool to hear them kind of start starting in, in paper you know, on cards and, mm, and stuff yeah. like that, which was cool. Cause I think a lot of our guests came from predominantly apparel or t-shirts or, you know, right. so seeing that they started doing print on demand in, in, in paper goods and then pivoting to, uh, you know, apparel and wall art and decor. It was just really cool to hear, hear that story. So, I mean, what about you, Travis? What's mm-hmm. something, you know, some, some of the main uh, things that you took away from the interview that you thought were, were pretty cool. Yeah, you could probably tell by some of my questions. I was I was trying to get into the weeds. I was trying to learn more and more about um how, you know, their their systems and because yeah. um I I I asked him on the pre-production meeting. I said, uh, "Would you guys wh- how would you guys define your your company?" And they were like, "Well, we're a technology company. You know, we don't own any production. We sure. outsource all of that." And so um to go this long uh since 2007 to today, doing doing it that way you, you've got to really have 
really amazing systems in place yeah. to yeah. because you have a hundred plus production partners all over you know the world and to to be able to interact with them and and onboard them and have systems for them it yep. was very interesting and and me as a production f- or a fulfillment um production house owner so right i'm i'm kind of you know w- wondering well, maybe I should sign up for a gelato. Maybe you know. Yeah. How do <laughs> I'm, I? I'm actually interested. Yeah. How does, how does I'm make actually, your mark become a yeah. partner? Yeah. Yeah, and and we did talk a little bit about that on the pre pre production meeting. It might be something that I look into if if for no other reason, just to get behind the curtain a little bit more and understand sure. some of their systems and how they're doing some of these amazing things. But, um, but yeah, I was uh, really impressed with um, that whole local production on demand idea, um, saving all of the, you know, we talked about it ad nauseum on the show, but you know, (laughs) saving the, like for me, just like I said, in the show, it was a pain in the butt to figure out, you know, shipping from one country to all these different countries. It was so, I never knew what to expect. Um, but having an actual place in the country is, uh, is huge, I think. And so that to me, that's their biggest kind of, uh, feather in their yeah, cap, sure. you know, if, if you will. And then I, I, I don't want to, I want to make sure you guys got the, um, the link in the code it's bitly. So bit.ly slash print on demand cast dash gelato. And that that's going to be, that's an affiliate link. So if you sign up with them, we actually do get a cut for the, uh, for the show. Um, and then if you go and actually check out, um, you'll get 50% off your first order with the code gelato underscore podcast. Um, again, we'll have that stuff in the show notes. You can check that yeah. out. But um, if, if, you know, there's a, a chance that you might be selling in different locations um, to me, it's kind of a no brainer um, yeah. to, to at least give them a try and see yeah, how it, it goes. Even if you're, if you're not selling in, in those in different locations, but you want, a way to do that that would be probably the easiest way to kind of mm-hmm. inter, you know introduce yourself into those markets gelato is going to be worth uh giving a shot um to kind of expand internationally as as paul was talking about on the show so yeah g- give them give them a try give them a shot i mean i, I all, worst case scenario is maybe it doesn't work out um and you know no harm no foul and you're back to mm-hmm. where you started best case scenario is you start moving products in countries <laughs> that you have no footprint in at the moment. Um, right. so it could be hugely advantageous just to at least give it a shot. And again, use the discount code, get 50% off, save 50%, um, you know, on, on that, giving them a shot. And then we also get a kickback, which is nice uh, for us. We don't, <laughs> you do a lot of affiliate stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't, I mean, Travis and I have talked about at nauseum, that this is a passion project, but um, mm-hmm. if you want to help yourself and take advantage of that offer while simultaneously helping your favorite podcasters, <laughs> I mean, seems like a queen queen and everyone knows that everyone likes to win. I want a queen. So uh, with that, Travis, anything else on the, uh, on the interview before we wrap this thing up and, and I, uh, I go stream of consciousness and just, <laughs> no, I just really appreciate Paul coming on. It's late at night in Oslo and, um, or not late at night, but it's, it's evening time. It's past his kind of normal business working hours. So, uh, appreciate him, uh, accommodating us. And so we could get the show out to you guys. Yeah. 
Absolutely, 100%. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to try and uh, get through this without stumbling over my words. I suffer depression. But it's never a promise. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as always, the best way to get in touch with Travis and I, the best way to reach out to us is to join the Facebook group, printonamancast.com slash Facebook. Um, you can join the the community that we're, that we're wanting to build over there of uh, people who are in the industry, who have questions, who offer advice, because we know that we're not the experts. We've never claimed to be the experts uh, on everything, only some things. But um, there are a lot of people out there that have a lot of good perspective that Travis and I might not have. So that's a great place to ask questions and get feedback or to offer advice um, to the group. So you can also follow us uh, on Instagram and on YouTube, printonamancast.com slash Instagram and slash YouTube is where you find those each respectively. And wherever you listen to podcasts, the POD cast is there for you. And if you happen to be listening on iTunes, uh, we would love it if you guys left us a review, let us know what you're thinking of the show. Uh, any topics that you want us to cover, uh, if you have a favorite dad joke, whatever it is, um, let us know in that medium, in that platform. And if you leave a review, uh, we will shout you out on the show. And if you don't leave a review, well, then you get nothing. So you get nothing. So I would suggest just leaving a review and letting us know what you think of the show helps the algorithm, helps us get in front of the people who need this content. On Spotify, you can also review us only in a star system, though. They don't have a space for a comment quite yet, but I'm sure that is going to be coming in the near future. Um, Travis, any other announcements or things that we need to housekeeping wise let the people know before we continue? Yeah, one thing um, I did check our uh, iTunes reviews and uh, we don't have a new one, okay. but we have an update from one of our, uh, one of our earliest listeners, actually, nice. uh, Chris Kretz, who oh, is, yeah. uh, Chris is, yeah, he's in the Facebook group and con- uh, contributes a lot. And so he just basically did a quick update. Well, let me just read his first one that he did about yeah. a year ago. Yeah. It said, since the very first episode, I was hooked. Travis Josiah covered the full gamut of the print industry and make it relatable to everyone no matter where they are at or where they intend to be i love the fact that they actually are that they are actually in all facets of the business from printing to sales to pod customers and even input from direct to consumer via etsy stores thank you guys for all that you do so that was what he you know wrote a year ago he just updated it recently um and said 2022 update this show still rocks and i am li- still <laughs> listening a hundred plus episodes later so thank nice. you chris that was yes. really awesome we really appreciate that yes thank you chris see i told you i told you all if you review you get a shout out so <laughs> thank you so much chris that's awesome thank you for the kind words and we all, all obviously you know value you as a as a listener an early adopter of the brand cast as right. it were so uh yeah thank you guys so much we'll be back next week with another episode of the print on demand cast but until then for travis i'm josiah and we'll see you next week right here same bat time same bat channel on the print on demand cast see ya Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.
In a world where businesses everywhere are trying to make print-on-demand sales, one podcast goes above and beyond every week to bring the most POD-specific information there is. All to help save the day, every day. Don't succumb to the enemies of your print-on-demand business. Sign up today for the Print On Demand Cast VIP email at printondemandcast.com slash VIP. This time, it's for real.